Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the world's greatest Bronze Age Spider-Man podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I'm your co-host, Mike Allen. As always, I'm joined by... Joshua Mervell. And today we're going to be taking a look at Spidey Comics from March of 1987. That's right. And we are joined by Spidey expert, Bex Luthor. <laughs> That's me. You're... Friendly neighborhood Spidey expert. Nobody knows more about Spider-Man than I do, and nobody's more interested in the backstory and behind the scenes of Spider-Man than me. Woo! That's right. That's why in two weeks we will be discussing <laughs> how Tom DeFalco and Jim uh, Shooter and Jim Owsley and Peter David all got fired from Spider-Man. Join us then. But until then, we're gonna, yeah, we're, we're not s- not doing that this week because no. I didn't read it. No. That's okay. That's we're just okay. doing it next week because we want to. <laughs> yes. But we still got more Spidey comics to review. So. <laughs> This is kind of a strange week, which we'll get into, but first we're going to start off with Web of Spider-Man number 24. Yeah, so uh, this is kind of a weird feeling episode, or issue. Um, We start off in uh, Atlantic City. Uh, Peter is tagging along with Aunt May and her group of friends from the Senior Citizens group as they go on, like, a gambling trip to a casino to try to like relax. Um, Aunt May somehow convinced the group to allow her to bring Peter along with her. Uh, I don't know why, but it's, I assume it's because uh, the title is web of Spider-Man and not web of Aunt May, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) he's along. He's along. That would be great. Uh, so he's along for the ride. Uh, we start off like right away um, where uh, uh, Nathan, uh, Aunt May's ex, I guess at this point, right? Because I think they're broken up after that incident where he was like caught up in the gang drama. Um, he's like emotional when like gambling all his money away. Aunt May is like uh, worried and all of her friends are trying to get her to like calm down and relax. That's not the point of the trip. It's to like just just let everything go and you know um, have a great time. Uh, so we also kind of get this little snippet because it's a, a a a kids comic book about gambling. We have to have a moment where Peter uh, realizes that gambling is bad for you. So he um, he only bets a dollar. Because that's all he can afford, and he wins a bunch of money, and then immediately we see him gamble it all away, and he kind of catches himself and realizes, "Whoa, I can't bet anymore. I'll I'll be I'll be in the negative. I, I you know, gambling's bad." So after that, we cut over to this scene where like some of the executives and the owners of the casino are at the, like the top floor. They're playing uh, tennis on, in like an indoor tennis court and the vulture ends up swooping in and he has a proposition for them where he has these like loaded like mechanical dice like they're made from this special plastic that he can like control somehow it doesn't really matter they're Mm -hmm. like fake dice and he wants to sell them to the casino for a million dollars so that way they can control the hands of uh of of all of the like you know the casino games and everything uh they kind of refuse they laugh him off a million dollars are you kidding me get out of here so he flies away uh aunt may and uh and peter are out for like a walk and peter at this point is like still struggling with giving up uh on being spider-man his powers are kind of lately have been like coming in and out so uh 
uh, he's trying not to. Oh my god! Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he, I, I should he, just he, point sorry. out while we're distracted. Mm. Uh, yeah, he's commenting on how he doesn't know if it's his powers that are affected or if it's someone specific, i.e., right, future Venom that is affecting yeah. his powers. Yeah, and it and it is around the time where he wants to give it up as well. So he's like self, he's having self doubts, and he's thinking maybe that's why his powers are kind of like coming and going. So mm-hmm. uh, ultimately, we see him. Uh, he sees, he knows like something is going on. There's some commotion, but he tries to brush it off, but he can't once he sees that somebody has been like thrown off of the top floor of a building so he runs in webs them up and as he is there he thinks that somebody grabs his leg um and he's not too sure about it but he realizes that his uh his powers kind of disappear for a second and he's able to catch himself as he's falling down the building as well climbs into the window and then acts like nothing happened he goes back to his apartment to get his camera and he takes some pictures of aunt may and they kind of have like a nice little cute bonding moment uh after that we see uh oh my god i'm sorry my dog is going crazy um we see adrian tombs yeah uh we see adrian tombs uh aka the vulture it's kind of talking about how he's getting super old and he's he feels like he's close to death and he's trying to kind of um be remembered and kind of like figure out what he wants to do with the last moments of his life. He's kind of taken over a former like scientist and friends lab equipment. And that's where he got the dice. So he doesn't have enough money to like sell like this technology to the government or anything. So he's kind of like, this is, you know, I've got to do something big. So I'm remembered. Um, We cut back to Spider-Man there and Aunt May. They're at like a magic show. Um, and then Spider uh, Peter Parker's spider senses start going off, so he volunteers to go into the magic, uh, to, in, like to be a volunteer in the magic show, and he crawls away in like one of the disappearing boxes, and the magician is kind of like shocked as to how it even happened. Turns out Vulture's been like uh, wrecking havoc and destroying all the machines after the managers refuse his offer of a million dollars for the dice. Um, they kind of have a big tussle going on and it turns out that this casino is actually being run by some of the roses like goons. So Hobgoblin shows up, Hobgoblin and Vulture kind of have a little bit of a tussle and then Vulture leaves. Um, Hobgoblin is about to start fighting with Spider-Man when some of the, uh, people from the roses like team kind of stop him and say, Hey, listen, we need you to, to, you know, to do something else right now. Forget about Spider-Man. We'll get him some other time. He goes over to see what's going on with the rose. Uh, I don't even remember what the rose has got going on, but he pretty much says we got something to do. Don't worry about it. We'll. We have plenty of time to kill Spider-Man. Um, and that's pretty much where everything ends, I think. Peter and the and the gang head back to New York, and uh, uh, Peter kind of reflects on what's been going on with losing his powers and giving them up and not really know what he not not really knowing what he should do at the end of the day. So yeah, I should point out, um, 
I, I think I originally said this was a fill-in, but technically it's not. It's plotted by David Michelinie, who's the regular writer in Web, and it's scripted by Len Kaminsky, who did last month's issue. Mm-hmm. However, it's drawn by Del Barras, who I've never heard of, ever. Uh, so it's sort of like one of those, it's not quite a fill-in, but it kind of is. Um, the story is probably inc- inconsequential, other than the fact that they tied in Hobgoblin and... Um, the rose at the last minute, but it's probably one right. of those things where they could easily forget about this subplot and never go back to it. No one would notice. Yeah. Like, I don't think anything really happens in this issue that changes anything, but right. just having the hobgoblin and the rose show up at the end at the end kind of like places this comic in a time period. I think that's right. really all it does. Right. So it's, it's almost like, ah, it's technically not a fill in because look at this. Right, this right. is the, what's going on right now. So, so, um, uh, yeah, I'll just say this issue feels a little bit like a fill-in. Vince Kalita mm-hmm. is, is kind of known as like a a rush job inker, even though I, I do like him. And, and the issue does have a kind of a cheap fill-in feel to it. But at the same time, I like the fact that it's done in one. It has that kind of 80s crappy fill-in charm. And, mm-hmm. and it's got that ugly flexographic process in the coloring where all the colors are blinding, you know, neon bright. And so for that reason, even though it's not a great story, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, Bex Luther, what do you think? I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was intended to be. I love the idea of Aunt May not having any money and everyone's broke, but let's go on his trip across the U.S. to a casino. All right, sure. Like, that's not an expensive holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that the vulture's back. And he just is sad. And I like that that's his character in this comic. He's just sad and a coward. Oh, he's like, whoa, Hobgoblin. Uh. And just like, he's out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Peter's outfit. 10 out of 10 on the outfit. Oh my god. Uh, a, like a stark white suit. Black shirt, brown shoes, Peter. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so we were almost there. We were almost there. Um, I like just the silliness of it all. I like <clears throat> Hobgoblin being like, oh, I'll get to kill Spider-Man. And then his boyfriend's like, mm, we'll do it next time. He's like, okay, we'll do it next time. Like, I like, yeah. mm-hmm. like, I'm fully committed to the bit that Hobgoblin and the Rose are dating. And if you read these comics with that in mind, it's so much more enjoyable. Like, their their banter is so much funnier to mm-hmm. think, like, they have this, per- like, this business relationship and then they just go home and they like, just, like, are sitting in bed and have a good night. Oh, my God. Love it. Um. Yeah, at least this is at least Peter and Aunt May got to spend some time together. I know right. he like yeah had to go be Spider Man a couple times, but you know she seems to be dealing with some stuff, and Peter is like very selfish and is like I'm dealing with some stuff. Mm-hmm. But Aunt May's like her boyfriend isn't the man she thought he was. She doesn't have enough money for her home. Um. Her son is a dick. Like, she's dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And she has such little friends that she has to bring her nephew to her vacation in Atlanta City for with her, like, Aunt May. Well, I mean, I mean, technically she is an aunt, but I think it's Peter the, Parker's always mom. been a mama's boy, right? That's mm-hmm. okay. But uh, Joshua... And normally Mur- mama's oh. boys are, you know... A little nicer to there. Yeah. Well, 
We didn't say he was nice. Anyway, Joshua and Ravel, what do you think? You know, I, I will say though, Peter in this issue is actually super sweet. Like this is, mm. this is the Peter that I recognize. Right. I don't think at any point he was like a dick to anybody in this. Um, uh, I love that he like, he uses the excuse that he has to go to the bathroom to uh, save that guy after he's like falling off the building. And then before going back, instead of like just running back down to see Aunt May, he runs up and gets his camera and he comes back down and he like takes pictures of her. Like there's like these like nice genuine moments with each other. It's great. Um, I really love the vulture. I love how goofy this goon is. Yeah. Um, Hobgoblin showing up is just like super weird. Um, and really does feel like they're like trying to tie this into the current stuff. And it doesn't really feel like they need to do this. Like they could have just had them be, they could have, they could have even had like the rose show up. Like Vulture could could have like wrecked havoc, and then he goes up to the like the suites to like you know rough up the the head honchos, and then the Rose walks in. He's like, "Hey, listen, you're in the wrong neighborhood. Get out," kind of thing. Because he's more of that like calm, subdued bad guy. Vulture could be like, "Okay, listen, I don't want to get involved in any gang wars. I'm out of here." And but <laughs> Hobgoblin just feels like. Like, ooh, it wouldn't it be really fun if Hogbobblin was flying around here too? And then we can have some unnamed dude just be like, listen, Hobby, I don't know. This doesn't seem like a good idea. Maybe we'll fight Spider-Man later. Mm-hmm. And he just agrees like, you know what? You're right. It's just, yeah, it's a, it's a little strange. But all in all, I had fun with it. Um, the art is like pretty fun, but extremely inconsistent uh throughout particularly with like the backgrounds um right a lot of the times i don't uh i'm not following where they are like things are changing so much in the background and on top of that too the i know it's something so small and it feels very nitpicky but the scale and look of all of the slot machines behind them changes so much from panel to panel it's insane um i don't have the page number but it's after vulture comes uh flying into the casino um peter parker finally gets away from the magician and he's swinging as uh as spider-man the bottom of the the page this slot machine is like three stories tall it's gigantic they, and the, they they say why there's one giant novelty slot machine in the casino but but the thing is too like the 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 lever is like way up in the air like <laughs> the, this guy would have to jump five feet in the air to pull this thing down and then the next one it's like right next to him at like oh. arms reach and he just like cha-ching like <laughs> i see what you mean yeah everything is just so scaled differently um, even earlier on too, when like Peter is gambling, the, all the slot machines are like sitting on top of tables and he like, he, he's looking at a red one, like, Ooh, I think I'll use this one. And then he, the next panel, it's like another giant tall slot machine that goes all the way to the floor. Like, it's just weirdly inconsistent for it being like a professional comic book panel and panel to panel. Right. Like, right. 
Right. I don't know. I'm I'm not going to nitpick it too much, but it just was something that for some reason kept popping up and it it was a little distracting. Yeah. Even. Oh, Oh. sorry. No, go ahead, Becca. I was going to say, even like if you look at the panel where Nathan is at the table in his wheelchair, it looks like he's not like it's not perspectively correct. His chair is just like. It, that's not how where the wheels would be. No, you're right. The wheels, like his chair, is at a, a like a angle, and mm. the, the wheels look like someone just cut and paste out two wheels and, pa- you know, pasted They're them onto the page. Circles, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. But like, like they wouldn't be like they'd be facing the way that Nathan is facing. Exactly they this way, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was, well, this is probably. Couple- well, go ahead. I was just gonna say, there's a couple things like that 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 stuck out to me. Like when when Peter's like, "Oh, someone's there's a, there's a scuffle on the street, and there's just a single chair falling out the window, coming down <laughs> the panel, like a very small chair." That that scene is the weirdest in the whole book. I did not quite yeah. know what was going on there. I was like, I was like, is that someone falling out a window, or is that and, a chair? Yeah. And like, yeah. what is heaven? this place too? Like, is it all under construction at the casino? I'm confused. Like it. Kind of looks like they're walking in scaffolding along a, like a dock. Like I just didn't understand where they even were. Right. Um, well, I, I here's the thing. Okay, so I just looked up Del Barras, and I've never heard of this person before, but I just found out they're from the Philippines. Now, what I will say is that Marvel and DC had this weird trend in the late '70s of they would recruit these Philippines artists. For like dirt cheap and sometimes these artists were better than almost anyone working at marvel or marvel or dc right now mm. this guy is not great but he's pretty good but it could just be a case that maybe he's a good artist but he doesn't have experience with panel to panel art or mm-hmm. the standard marvel style maybe that's it i don't know yeah because i don't think there was really any point where the character stuck out to be stood out to being like like Uh, not drawn correctly or in weird positions like it was all really solid i think it was just in the uh the layout and storytelling of it all where it kind of got a little bit muddy and confusing but the style i think really fits this kind of like cartoonish like goofy story like yeah i mean we've talked about this so many times and i hate to reiterate it but uh, you know i've given spider like modern spidey comics a chance so many times because let's just say John Romita Jr. is drawing an issue and I'll pick it up and I'll read it and it's always part 15 of a 26 part story and I'm like, you know what? I just don't even want to bother but at least with this story you can pick it up and have the whole thing, right? There's something to be said about that, I think. I don't know. Like I said, it's not great but I I find it charming, you know? Yeah. So... So, One of the big problems I have with this is... It takes something that I genuinely normally like, which is like the solid color background thing. And instead, for some strange reason, it's just piss yellow and <laughs> green. And those are the only two colors yeah. that the backgrounds can be. I was like, yeah. Why not just, you're outside, make it blue. I don't, why is everything yellow? Why is everything yellow? Yeah, good point, good point. And it's a bad yellow. Well, and here's like, the thing. In the in the blog that we're going to review in two weeks, uh, <laughs> one of the things that um, Jim Owsley talks about is that in the however many years he was editor, three or four, 
he never missed a deadline. So if the comic was late, he would, you know, stay late, work weekends, call up all his buddies, and they would get that issue out in time. So this is probably a case where somebody was late, so they were like, okay, let's get this guy no one's heard of to draw the issue. Let's get, you know, whoever to color it. Mm. And so they're probably staying up late on Saturday and Sunday to get this thing out, and that's probably why, you know, like you said, all the backgrounds are piss yellow. <laughs> well, my counterpoint to that is there's at one point the in, when they're in the casino fighting, all of the ceilings and walls are piss yellow, but the carpet is a lovely sky blue. So I know you have a sky blue. <laughs> Just Good point. swap them. Yeah. Make yep. all the backgrounds sky blue. Good point. Yeah. Instead of ugly, awful yellow, because it makes me not want to read it because I'm like, wow, gross. Just the worst yellow. Well, you'll be happy to know that the blog we're reviewing in two weeks, the entire background's piss yellow. So anyway, so you'll be glad cool. to read it. Okay, so now let's... I mean, that's why I couldn't get through it. <laughs> okay. like, what does this remind me of? All right, piss. <laughs> okay. So anyway, I'll just say that, uh, again, if you had to skip an issue of Web of Spider-Man, you could skip all of them. But if you had to only pick one, <laughs> this would be the one to skip because it's not really important. However... If you're looking for a charming, you know, 80s Spidey crossover comic, not even a crossover, just a, a fun comic, I think it's okay. And so on that basis, I give it a mild recommendation. Joshua Merval, what do you think? Yeah, it's 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 a pretty goofy one. Um, it feels even retro from being in the 80s. Like it, right. it, it, it feels, even, yeah, it feels like it doesn't even belong in this era. But I I did have fun reading this one. I will say it's it's also an easy read. Like I blasted through this one. This one was super quick. Uh, maybe it was also just because it was fun and goofy. But yeah, I, again, it's a mild recommendation. It's not something I'm gonna be like, uh, you know, raving about. But it's it's a pretty solid fun story. Mm-hmm. Bex Luther. I'm going to give it a recommendation. There are definitely worse web of comics that we've read already than this. Mm-hmm. If you're going to skip one, this is also maybe not the wor- worst one with Vulture in it, honestly. Um, I like the little take into Vulture's, like, he's getting old and he's upset. <laughs> he's sad. I like that, mm-hmm. that characterization. I also really like at the end, I forgot to mention, where the Hobgoblin is, like, talking with the Rose and he's constantly on the ho- the Goblin Glider. Like, just, just, they're all just walking, and he's just on the goblin glider as they walk. Like, he doesn't get off of it. Mm-hmm. It just seems so funny to me. No, it's so camp. I like it. Read it. It's funny. It's interesting. And, you know, the sky is yellow. But there no. you go. Piss yellow, to be specific. Okay, <laughs> so that wraps up our review of Web number 24. Now we're going to move to The Amazing Spider-Man number 286, Gang War Part 3. Thy father's son, and Becca, you're going to tell us what this one's about. I am, as long as these ads can go away. Um, mm. Less less yellow, I think, in this one. Um, all right, we st- it's been like a couple weeks since I read the last one, so I totally forgot that the Punisher was even... It showed up last, right. one, last one. So we start off with Peter having recovered from the Punisher's like gas grenade that like knocked him out. And, of course, as he's recovering, the cops show up. Um, And then, what happens immediately after that? Oh, yeah, the Rose is in a meeting, right? And so, like, all of these bad guys are in a meeting, and that's what Peter was trying to to stop, was Frank Castle exploding their, like, meeting with a bazooka, right? Hmm. 
So you've got the Rose and his goons, and they're and Hobgoblin's there, and Peter's all super groggy, and he does a sick front flip over a helicopter to get out of there, because he doesn't really know what's going on, and he ends up sleeping in the garbage for a night. <laughs> um, yeah, he falls asleep. He passes out in some garbage bags, which, you know, same. Can relate. Um, and in the morning, we see that um, Lance Bannon is at the police precinct, and he's looking to get some leads from just the hippiest cop there is. Um, is this a character that I should know, by the way? Is that... This... Not that I recognize. Okay, cool. I don't think I was so, like, no. Who the hell is this guy? But anyway, Lance Bannon goes with this cop to get some information. Um, and then we quickly pan back over to who I now know is the Rose, but was very confused when I was reading. Like, I was, who is this? Who is this blonde boy? Oh, why do I care? <laughs> Who's this guy? Who's this girl that he's flirting with? Like, who cares? But um, it's it's the Rose and his girlfriend, who I also... Am I supposed to know who she is? No. Cool. Didn't. <laughs> yeah. I was like, who's this this babe? But they have a little bit of witty flirting banter. And then we pan back to, to Peter, who is less successful in his life. He's waking up from sleeping in the garbage bags with a, a homeless man draped on him. And he goes to try to get a taxi, realizes, oh, I'm Spider-Man. Probably can't <laughs> hail a taxi. So he takes the bus home. Love it. In, which is actually, yeah, it's great. He takes the bus home and it turns out Mary Jane had been at his apartment all night waiting for him. As you do. And he goes in the shower, and Mary Jane takes a look at his butt. You know, they're having they're having some cute times. Um, we go back over to the cop and Lance Bannon, and they are talking with looks like an informant of some sorts. And he's saying like, "There's going to be a big throwdown at the docks tonight," or what? There always is a big throwdown at the docks, and it's always tonight. So, and then Lance Bannon is very upset that it's tonight because he has plans. He can't he can't take really good pictures. <laughs> of newsworthy events when he has plans. So we go back over to the Rose who's in his apartment. His girlfriend's taking a shower. Um, she's like, so you're the Rose? And he's like, yeah, isn't that sick? And she's like, I guess. Um, <laughs> he's like, but I've never actually committed any crimes. I just have told other people to do that. And I was like, that's still a crime. But just because you've never pulled the trigger doesn't mean you haven't killed anybody. But okay, go off the Rose uh -huh. with on your on your morality. I guess. And she's just like, well, this apartment is really nice, so I guess I don't care. Sick character. We go back over to Peter Parker's apartment. Peter's taking a nap on Mary Jane's lap and decides... This, and then um, Lance Bannon shows up to his apartment and is like, hey, I have stuff I have to do, which isn't suspicious at all. Can Peter take pictures of this gang war that's happening at the docks tonight? And Mary Jane's like, don't worry, I'll tell him for sure. Um, closes the door, absolutely does not tell him. Meanwhile, while she's at the door talking to Lance Bannon, Daredevil calls Peter Parker <laughs> on the phone. As one and does. Like, hey, hey, yo, Pete, it's me, Daredevil. Can you meet me on the rooftop at midnight? <laughs> and Peter says nothing. It just hangs up. So, you know, cool. And then they both, Mary Jane comes back to the couch, and she was like, oh, who's that? And he was like, no, oh, no, nothing. And he was like, who's at the door? And she's like, oh, no one. And then they just both believe each other. And Peter takes goes back to taking his nap on Mary Jane's lap, which is the correct choice, I should say, <laughs> of all the things that you could be doing. So then we go back to the Rose, 
who is going to who is Wilson Fisk's son. It's Richard Fisk, and he's visiting Vanessa, his mother, in the hospital, and she recognizes him, and he's like, "Holy crap! Like I didn't know that that was possible." And um, one of Kingpin's men. I don't think it's the arranger. I think it's somebody that works for the arranger. Um, is like, oh yeah, sometimes she has bouts where she knows what's going on. She actually responds really well to therapy during these times. So can you get out so we can do that? And he's like, no problem, doc. Totally sounds legit. And then when he leaves, the doctor's like, well, you know what? I told you, Vanessa, you got to stay in a coma or else. So that's also suspicious. <laughs> um... We go back over to what Peter's doing, and he left Mary Jane in his apartment to go talk to Aunt May, which I guess is fine, but also, like, dude, Mary Jane's in your apartment. Um, so he goes, and he has tea on Aunt May's porch, and that's nice for him, I guess. We go back over to now that the gang war is happening. Again, it's it's been happening, but now it's at the docks or wherever, and it's, it's raining for a dramatic effect. And this hippie cop is like creating like a sting operation or whatever and in pops hobgoblin and jack-o-lantern and they they crash through it looks like the ceiling to tell everyone that they better behave or they're going to do something as if they already didn't crash into the ceiling <laughs> so we put back over to peter parker he's at the location where daredevil told him to meet him um he's thinking about daredevil daredevil does not show up um Meanwhile, Dina, I think is her name, the Rose's girlfriend, is like, "Oh, what's going on?" And he's like, "I got, I got, I got some, I got Rose shit to do." So, <laughs> so, and he's like, "You'll be here when I get back, right?" And she's like, "I don't know." Solid relationship dynamic, these two. Really interesting, and I'm glad I know all about it. Um, so we go back to this this gang war that's been happening, and um, the cops are gonna start like they need reason to shoot at people and this, these people are gonna start shooting at the cops is a big explosion and then a bunch of buildings catch on fire in the rain as they do um so peter calls his apartment which he knows mary jane's at and is like hey did anyone named matt call and she was like no but lance bannon stopped by and said that there was this big thing that was gonna happen and i didn't tell you because i didn't want you to go but i'm telling you now so he obviously goes he tries to get a ride with the cops at first, and the cops are like, no, I don't trust you, Spider-Man. And then they're like, oh, maybe we do trust you, Spider-Man. Come on, we'll take you down to the, to the docks. Where all of the goons that Peter... Peter shows up riding the top of a cop car, pretty sick, blaring its sirens, and Jack-O-Lantern and uh, Hobgoblin are like, oh, Spider-Man. Well, actually, Hobgoblin's like, oh, Spider-Man. Jack-O-Lantern's like, whoa, Spider-Man. That guy's a, a lot. <laughs> Like, why is he scared of Spider-Man? So, uh, I, I, no, actually, he got beat up by him, remember, Josh, in that one issue? Yeah, and and ever since then, that's also why he was in that, oh, okay. like, shitty uh, Sinister Six team. Because he's right, like, right, he's right. like, I can't fight Spider-Man by myself, and I know that. So but he, he's not alone. <laughs> yeah. He was still because like, mm, one extra person. No, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, so basically, Jack Lantern yeets out of there, like, right away. Um, and then Peter and the Hobgoblin are fighting, and it's actually kind of cool. And then the Rose is trying to get out of, like, where all the cops are. He runs into a young traffic cop who is responding to the call. And he has this dilemma. He's like, well, 
This guy either shoots me and ruins my lifelong plan of bringing my father down, or I kill him. Those are the only two available options to me. The Rose? Better kill him. Um, mm -hmm. So he shoots the cop, mm. as one does. Meanwhile, um, Spider-Man has given up his fight with the Hobgoblin to start saving people in the burning building. And, like, helping the firemen put out the fire and save a bunch of people. Which is great, because, you know, forget the Hobgoblin. Save, mm -hmm. save the children. Whatever. Um, and then the issue ends with Peter going back to his apartment with um, Mary Jane. And she's like, oh my god, Peter, you saved so many lives. That was amazing. Um, and then the news is like, except for one. One guy didn't get saved. And it's <clears throat> the Rose's girlfriend is like, oh, he shot a guy. And he comes back to his apartment and now has to explain himself. So that's the issue. Mm -hmm. so it, Who the hell's Dina? <laughs> well, I'll just say quickly, um, as with Jim Owsley's previous kind of fill-in issues, this one's a little bit all over the place. But I, I think this whole sequence at the end with that cop is really well done, personally. So I think that elevates this issue a little bit. So... Kind of a slightly above average issue of Amazing, um, which we can get into more in a minute. But uh, Josh, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I kind of liked it. Um, I think that uh, humanizing the Rose a little bit and giving him some depth. Like this is the most I've actually cared about the Rose as a person mm -hmm. uh, rather than just like this figure behind a mask. He's always been super fun and kind of intriguing to figure out what's going on with him. But like taking off that mask and like having the moment with his mom and then finding this woman is really cool. Right. Um, and like their kind of relationship growing is nice. I feel like it's super rushed. Um, I think that I would have liked to maybe see them actually like develop a relationship rather than like a quick conversation in the park. And then all of a sudden they're sleeping together and she's living in his apartment. Right. Because <laughs> like, it seems like it's the same day. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if this is supposed to be like this thing that's been happening for a while. And like the, the park thing was like a little bit of a flashback or what, but it really feels like he met this woman in the park and then took her home the same night. And she's just been staying at his place for some reason mm -hmm. um but i do like their dynamic together uh giving him like this thing where he's never killed anybody and he's got to to kind of like test his morals like how far is he willing to go to see his plan through pretty interesting um i like peter and mj's relationship here too like mm -hmm. like peter is trying to protect protect mj and like kind of give up the Spider-Man thing. So he's like, ah, forget it. I'm not meeting Matt. And then, uh, she's protecting him. Like he's so tired. He's like worn out. He, you know, he, he's not feeling well at all. I'm not going to tell him about this thing. Some, some other hero can deal with this. So it's kind of like a fun dynamic. They're, they're kind of on that same level. And then at the same time, they kind of both realize that maybe they've messed up and they should have kind of like, done what they were supposed to do it's that kind of like with great power comes great responsibility without having to shove down your throat with great power comes great responsibility and repeat it every issue yeah. right exactly so it's, it's kind of like a nice familiar theme that feels maybe a little bit fresh because you don't have to say it um mm -hmm. and then uh yeah the ending with uh i i actually really like that 
there's a moment where Peter is so angry and fed up that he like just before a fight even happens, he just like runs up to Hobgoblin and like pulls him off his glider and slams him on the ground, like punches him and says, listen, I don't have time to fight you. There's people that are dying. So if you want to uh, kill somebody, find somebody else to kill and swings away. And Hobgoblin is kind of like taken aback for a second and then just flies off. Um, I thought that was a pretty cool like cool moment where you can have a little bit of a fight like that obligatory well it's a comic book sure. you have a fight you know what i mean right, but right, it right. like I, I don't know it, it just feels like it adds to peter's determination to go save these people rather than stick around and have another like fight that goes nowhere um so yeah, I, I actually surprisingly really enjoyed this one. I, I, I from, right from the start, I thought I was going to, um, <laughs> I thought it was going to be a rough time with Peter's sleeping in the trash and this cop right. that I've never heard of uh, doing his thing. But it it ended up being a, a pretty all around um, good read. Bex Luther, what do you think? You know, this was my favorite issue this week. I. Mm. I was actually like super pulled in by it. I love, I love Peter waking up in the garbage. That I love him <laughs> taking the bus home. Right. I love the issue starting out with him waking up in the garbage and having to take the bus home, and ending with him saving people's lives out of a burning building. Like that's that's Peter Parker all wrapped up. Nice one issue mm. is this right. boy. Doesn't matter how down on his luck is, he still does the right thing. He's still a good boy. Mm -hmm. And I really, really appreciate that. Especially when you have the juxtaposition of those last couple pages where Peter is saving people out of the burning building and the Rose is killing an innocent man. Mm -hmm. Like, you have... And they both think that they're doing the right thing and one is clearly the right thing and one is clearly not. Right? No matter how much you can justify it, killing... Killing an innocent man is, is murder, and that's yes, right. Yes, even if it's for the greater right. good, which whatever your plan is, you're still killing somebody. Whereas Peter is like actively choosing to disregard the costumed weirdos and to save people. Um, so I thought that was really interesting, and like this this backstory of the rose, I I thought it worked really well, especially with the ending. It's like no matter how much he can justify it to himself, he's still not a good guy. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, this girl, whoever she is, I don't know if she stays or not. Her Marvel wiki page was not very long. Oh, so you I'm mean go Dina? Probably not. Yeah. She only made five appearances. I looked it up, yeah. Okay, so either she dies or gets broken up with <laughs> and never shows up again. Um, but this relationship where she's like, knows about him being the Rose... And if she does end up staying with him, regardless of what he did, it seems very like the 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 um, Vanessa and Wilson Fisk relationship, right? And especially from the Daredevil, like the TV show. Yes. Where she knows that he's this bad guy, and right. she stays with him, and it's like an interesting dynamic. And I'm like, oh, maybe you're not so much like your like your like literally your your father's son, regardless of what you think you're doing. Um. So yeah, no, really enjoyed this issue a lot. I love, love, love the art. Love the art. Really? Okay. Yes. 
the the back flipping over okay the first like the first splash page where it's like the silhouette of peter on the like and it's like cut a cut out of him is great mm -hmm. and then he backflips over the the helicopter that's rad right and all of the the artwork in the rain the fighting in the rain it's like the so good it's mm -hmm. so good oh. it at it creates it's even with like the recoloring that we're reading it creates such an atmosphere peter climbing up that building fire in the background rain in the foreground peter climbing up that building to save people from a fire mm -hmm. that's a that's a that's what i'm talking about when i want a panel that like ugh, hits me right in the spider-man feels like that <laughs> right the cutting right back and sense. forth too is like very cinematic and it like mm -hmm. builds on the intensity of what's happening like we see Rose pull the gun out and then we cut back to Spider-Man. He's climbing up the building with the fire hose wrapped around him and then it cuts back to the Rose. And then it's just like, it feels so fast paced and it really adds to that like buildup of Rose finally killing him. Right. No, it's just, yeah, it, mm -hmm. the, the writing and the art like mesh perfectly mm -hmm. in this issue. This is, maybe it's not the best comic book in the world, but this is it done executed extremely well for what it is i and i just oh go ahead no i'm done you're good no no no. go ahead go ahead i don't i was just gonna keep rambling oh gramble <laughs> ramble on no, no 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 go well no i was just gonna say that um yeah i don't know i guess it just goes to show because i wasn't as impressed with it but it's just so cool that again this is not a fill in but it's sort of in between creative teams that even in an issue like this that's maybe a little bit rushed there's still something to be said for you know the creativity that goes into it and stuff there's always something good to find in these issues and that's what i love you know mm -hmm. and i actually noticed um you know you were commenting on specific things but did you guys notice how much this artist used the classic nine panel grid Mm-hmm. like yeah a lot. Like, if you go to page digital 19, digital 19, digital 20, digital 20, one, and uh, that's it, I think. And but four pages in a row, it's all nine panel, nine panel, nine panel. And that's, like, the classic Steve Ditko, you know, format from, like, the 60s. And I just love the fact that they stuck to it like that. It's just really cool. It forces you to get creative with your storytelling, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, it's, like, whenever there's those nine panels, like, it goes from, like, wider, bigger panels to those small ones. I'm like, it's fast pace. It's like making you like the smaller panels. You're, it's creating a pace in your reading. Good point. Yeah. Which only mm -hmm. comic books can do that, right? Like with panel work. You're I right. Think panel work is is an art in itself, right? Like I sometimes, like when you have these splash pages and and long panels, they just it adds something to the artwork and to your eyes following the the bubbles and things like that. Like. If paneling is bad, it makes it so the comic is hard to read and lessens your enjoyment. Whereas mm -hmm. when it's good, like this, it adds to it. It's like adding to your pacing and, and the drama of it all. Yes, I agree. I agree. I mean, again, this is not, you know, high, quite high art. But at the same time, they're using the form exactly how it should be used. Like you mm -hmm. said, they're telling a story. It's a fast-paced story. It's, it's good stuff. It's a classic it's got a classic feel to it. So, yeah, I did really enjoy this issue. Even though I thought that the last part, like the last sort of third, was better than the first part. Mm -hmm. Overall, I really enjoyed this issue, for sure. Yeah, I, I also really like... Because this is um, also the first time we have confirmation that um, 
Fisk is uh, the rose. The rose. Right. I wasn't sure and about that. If this was the first official time, but yeah, you're I, right. It is. I believe yeah. so. And th- this reveal is so good and so subtle. Mm-hmm. It feels it feels like how they would have done it on like the Daredevil Netflix show. Right. It's so great. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know. He doesn't like turn around in his chair and go, I am the rose. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Like it's just this like quiet, subtle thing where, uh, you know, uh, she, his girlfriend is like asking him like what he does. Like, listen, uh, yeah, my dad's rich. You're right. Um, but I'm doing this, like I'm doing all of this because he's a bad person. So I'm infiltrating and trying to do mm-hmm. this. Like, well, like, doesn't that make you a bad person too? Like, no, I'm not about, it's just like this build up and like the tension between the two. Like you, we kind of see at the start that he's really not interested in her and kind of has like some tension there with her to begin with. And then when we cut back to this, it like, he's not really paying attention to her again, like kind of brushing her off. He's reading his time magazine. And then he says, um, she asked, have you ever had anyone killed? And then he smiles and said, no one who didn't deserve it. Yeah, Only criminals. It's their way of life. And then we mm-hmm. see her looking in the, like, as he's, like, in the background continuing to read, as she's seeing, like, the mannequin with the mask yep. uh, over it. And then he gets the call again that, you know, some sort of business thing. She kind of, like covers herself up a little bit and like you can kind of see in her body language just in that one panel that it's she's kind of like unnerved by how he can kind of just brush it off even though that they're criminals like he's he's had them killed and then we cut we cut away there's never a moment where it's like that like big reveal you know (laughs) you know it's, it's great i gotta point out something i think i'm so used to superhero comics being over the top Mm-hmm. and hitting you over the head that it's like you said this is how they would do it in the uh, like a Netflix TV show just suddenly mm-hmm. revealing it but because this is an 80s comic book I was almost like wait a minute where is the big splash page with all the lines coming out <laughs> right. behind his head right <laughs> it's like no yeah. it's just the one little panel showing the rose's mask and I, I actually had to like go on um, the, like a uh, marvelfandom.com to see if this was, I'm like, is this the first time it's official? But and they didn't say it is. But right. yeah, you're right, it is. But it's just so subtle that it almost passes you yeah, by. But I also would have right expected way. something on the cover to like finally right. the the identity of the rose has been revealed. It's like right. nothing. It's just like part of the story. It's yeah, I, I really love that moment. Yeah. Um, I don't think like I can't remember a time in like in anything that we've read in Spider-Man so far where where like a reveal has happened like this. Right. Like this feels so fresh and new and um, a fantastic way to do this. Like, right. especially since it's like a serious tone, this whole comic, there's not really many jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot, it's kind of fast paced, but like a lot of like deeper, intense things are happening. So the, the way that they revealed this, I think is like perfect. They, you know, it couldn't have, been done uh better any other way and i also have to say um uh, okay i love spider-man everybody knows that there's a huge gap in my spider-man reading like i've read every 80s spidey and i've read um i think uh, amazing spider-man 1 to 50 but i have a huge gap of like 
you know, all like around Amazing 50 to about Amazing 200. I've only read mm-hmm. scattered issues. So I learned something today that I didn't know. Did you guys know that the Rose, while the Rose first appeared in Amazing 253 or so, did you know Richard Fisk has been around since Amazing number 83 in April 1970? Oh, wow. Yeah, I had had no idea. I had no idea. Was he a kid then? No, I don't know because I didn't read the issue, but I I don't think so. No, I think he was an adult. Okay, because I, for some reason, kind of remember him having a kid. So yeah, uh, maybe maybe, I, maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe I'm confusing no, it with because like, it says here else, in his but... first story he wanted to dethrone the kingpin, so he was already an adult. Okay. Yeah, it's just interesting. I just didn't realize hmm. that. It just shows like the gap in my my spidey knowledge. You know. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So we've pretty much talked about everything with this issue. I think. I mean, we all enjoyed it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we keep saying, we're, we're like, we don't think it's a masterpiece, and then we keep saying things that are great and we love about it. So maybe it is one of those just hidden gems of a comic where it's like, this is this is one of those comics where you're like, I know it's the middle of, like, a gang war, but if you want to see what the medium can do, read this one. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Yeah. I think if this was my first, someone's first Spidey issue, they'd be like, oh, sick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Spider-Man, garbage. Spider-Man, bus. Spider-Man, hero. Spider-Man, tired. <laughs> like, it gets all your Peter Parkers. It's got some villain backstory. Mm-hmm. It's got some great art. He visits Aunt May. We Aunt get, May's there. We get the great power, great responsibility thing without it having to be this, you know, main focus. I, yeah, it's... I, I really enjoyed this issue. I think that, yeah, you're right. I think the point is, is that sometimes you'll have an issue or or anything. It could be a movie, it could be a TV show that doesn't stand out on its own. But the more you think about it, it's like, well, maybe this particular plot is not a standout plot, but it's like everything's executed perfectly. So that makes it a great comic, you know? So yeah, mm-hmm. it's, you're right. It is kind of like a hidden gem, I guess. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely recommend this issue. Joshua Marvell, what about you? For sure. Yeah, this is... Um a definite read for any Spider-Man fan. If you're reading this arc, there's a lot that you can skip. Um, this is definitely a, a must read um, down to the like revelation of the Rose, the kind of like, uh, you know, Peter and MJ's mm-hmm. relationship is kind of coming to a head where they're getting back together. I think, I think it's pretty soon that they spoiler get married, right? Yeah, I don't want to spoil like, it, but it's coming up. Of them getting together. Yeah, like, so like, like... It happens very fast. They're just like, you know what? We should be married. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and, and this is also like, they're not in a relationship right now, but it's also mm. his best relationship he's had the whole time we've read Spider-Man throughout the 80s. Right. They're, they're kind of actually working together like Black Cat and Spider-Man should have been working together where they're... Uh, you know mj is like sticking around making sure he's okay they're kind of protecting each other he's she's calling to update about what's going on in the news like it feels like a team even though she's not a superhero they they, they're working together so yeah this is um this is fantastic i I would definitely recommend this one and bex luther you recommend it yeah absolutely no for sure and i think a big part of that is because Mary Jane is like written like a real person, right. like a flesh. She's way more fleshed out 
in the last couple weeks that we've been reading than Black Cat I think ever was in that relationship. Like, she had, she's like, oh, I'm not totally okay with him being Spider-Man, but I, I, you know, like, she, she's, she has some sort of, like, I'm, her character isn't just, I'm in love with Spider-Man, that mm-hmm. I think is a big, right. big plus. And it's interesting that we get so much of that in this issue of, like, Peter is down on his luck, but then he's still, he isn't alone. A lot, like, a lot of Spider-Man is mopey, oh, woe is me, and in this issue, he has Mary Jane and Aunt May on his side, hmm. rooting for him, and he does become the hero at the end, and this is one of those issues where he, he ends it out, like, I know a man died, but I feel like Peter actually, like, finishes on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? He's got his two best girls in his in his corner, he saved all those people from the fire, like, mm-hmm. what more do you want, right? No, definitely, I would definitely recommend this one. You don't even need to know that the Punisher was here before. In fact, I would skip the previous issue mm-hmm. and just do this one. Who cares how Spider-Man ended up on that roof, but he's there now. Okay, there you go. Okay, so with that, we are going to go to Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man number 124. Uh, one of the things about Jim Owsley is he... As editor of Spider-Man, he was very proud of the fact that there was never a late issue of Spider-Man during his entire tenure as editor. Now, one of the reasons he was able to, you know, do that is because whenever there were maybe the writer editor, sorry, the writer or artist was late, they would just get a fill-in issue that they kind of had in the drawer and they would, you know, put it out as as if it was a new story. So if you go on MarvelFandom.com, you find out that this particular story was meant to take place, of course I clicked away, but it was during Spectacular Spider-Man number, I think, 73 and 74, which... Yeah, something like that. Which, right, which would have been like... 72 and 73. Okay, 72 and 73. Something like 60 months ago. Yeah, well, more than that, this is going back all the way to 1982, and we're in 1987, so that's five years earlier. So it's a huge gap. But you know what? It's okay because it's all good fun in the 80s. Everything, nothing matters, right? So we got a script by Roger McKenzie, who I mostly know from Captain America. Uh, art by Greg LaRock, who was doing... Uh, um, I think he was on Spectacular at that time, or Marvel Team-Up, or one of them. And uh, as of this issue, as of like a few months ago, Dr. Octopus, as Josh pointed out, is technically dead, right? Yeah, or missing like something. Something happened with him and the owl when they they were kind of having the war. Right. He disappeared. I think that we're led to believe that he has been foiled for the last time and he's gone. Right. So in this issue, Doc Ock is a okay, and mm-hmm. you you guys are gonna have to help me with the particulars. But basically, Doc Ock is attacking this truck, and we're not sure why yet. But he kind of lets it be known that he's after something that this there, truck is it's transporting. Like plutonium. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just a truck full of plutonium Which traveling across. Classic superhero story. A civilian bridge. <laughs> yeah, so that's the MacGuffin of the story that um Doctor Octopus is after this plutonium because it can it, it can help him power his arms, right, I think? Yeah, he wants to be strong. Right. Yeah. Just, you know, traditional crap. Right. So he basically attacks this truck and he steals this like what are those things called um it's like a big canister a canister of plutonium or whatever yeah right so he gets away we cut over to peter parker 
who's kind of half in costume, sitting in his like his bathrobe watching TV, and then he sees on the news what's happening with Doc Ock, and then um, and then he's talking about how he's like, oh no, he's like Doctor Octopus, blah blah blah. And he's like, last time I faced him, he nearly murdered five million people, and that was an Amazing Spider-Man Annual <laughs> Fifteen. Um, and then uh, and then it's funny because we get this really awkward scene where he's swinging around and he's like. My spider sense is tingling like crazy. What could it be? I don't get it. Everything seems fine. Wait, that man. And he sees like this old man locking up the door to um, a, a jewelry store, Miller Jewelry. And so the guy sees him, gets scared, starts running away. So Spider-Man tries to confront him. And he's like, he's like, not so fast, chum. You know, let's you and me chat about a little matter of attempted robbery. And he's like, attempted ro- I own this shop. What gives you the right to harass innocent people? So once again... Parker Lux strikes again, right? So that scene kind of goes nowhere, but whatever. Mm-hmm. It's funny, though. So then we cut over to this weird montage scene of Doc Ock um, robbing a whole bunch of different places. So he robs Stark International, um, Humboldt Nuclear Research Center, all these different places, um, tr- stealing this plutonium, I guess, at every one of these places, right? Yeah, different like electronics, and he's he's essentially like building himself a new lab, and it's like getting all the materials he needs for this experiment right. that he stole the plutonium for. Right, right. So then uh, Peter Parker goes into the work of the Daily Bugle, and he's talking to um, J. Jonah Jameson, and uh, that goes nowhere. Oh yeah, so then he run, he, run, he runs into yeah. uh, Joe Robertson. And Joe, oh, Joe Robertson tells him that um, he's like, Brentwood Labs on Long Island is constructing a prototype nuclear reactor. Uh, electronic components vital to that construction are due to arrive in New York by ship tomorrow night. Could be a story there. And Peter's like, hey, sounds good to me. So then he costumes up, goes there as Spider-Man. And sure enough, Doc Ock is there. Um, this boat has come in and Doc Ock is attacking the boat. So they start fighting. They have their typical fist fight fisticuffs for a few issues back and forth back and forth um and then eventually um doc ock releases this like gas canister and he gets away spider-man tries to follow him and but doc ock's gone so then doc ock kind of um collects himself and goes to his underground headquarters is this underground or is it in a it's underground. Yeah, it's, I love it. I just gotta say, one thing I love about superhero comics is how sewers always look so much cleaner in superhero comics, eh? You notice that? Because isn't this one in a sewer? <laughs> I love that. It's like, these. I've seen sewers in my neighborhood. They don't look anything like this, you know? Mm-mm. But anyway, this gigantic... These are also New York sewers, though. That's true. Right? It might be a little bit bigger, but like, I don't know <laughs> if I could imagine, like, you know, like Pontiac Silverdome-sized rooms in a sewer <laughs> underneath New York, but whatever. What do I know, right? So uh, Doc Ock is reconvening, and then uh, we basically get this little uh, touching base with this rivalry between Peter Parker and, is it Lance Bannon? Yes. Yeah, arguing back and forth. And then uh, Spider-Man is going to go on his way. He's looking for Doc Ock. His spider sense goes off when he's nearby, at, like one of those manholes. So he jumps down, ends up in the sewer water, Breaks into a wall, and sure enough, we got this gigantic underground base, and you know, once again, fighting, 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 and um, 
fighting, fighting, fighting. And, you know, it's kind of a typical scene, except there's a really cool part where Dr. Octopus gets knocked unconscious, but then his arms actually come to life, and they're crawling towards Spider-Man. And even though we can see that Dr. Octopus is completely unconscious and kind of just hanging there, the mm-hmm. arms are still attacking Spider-Man, which I think is really cool. And then um, this doohickey that Doc Ock has um, created here. I don't even remember what happens with this, but it's counting down. Oh, it's going to destroy New York, right? It's a nuclear reactor. Yeah, and it's going to destroy New York. And Peter Parker knows that only Dr. Octopus can stop it, right? So he takes a bucket of cold water that just happens to be there and throws it on Dr. (laughs) Octopus. Uh, Dr. Octopus wakes up and he goes over to the nuclear reactor and he, like, punches in whatever he has to and ends up stopping the explosion. So basically, then they're arguing back and forth and then Doc Ock, he's like, oh, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. He ends up smashing the ceiling, all the rubble uh, comes crashing down on him. Spider-Man gets away and Mm -hmm. that is the end of the fill-in story and that's it. And... I just want to... Becca, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to point out, when you said, like, when he, he goes to the, the jeweler, like, and he's like, oh, my spider sense is going off. This is weird. Later in the issue, he remembers that his spider sense went off at that place. Okay. And that's the manhole that, because Doc Ock's lab is directly underneath. Okay. That's why his spider sense was going Good off. Good call. All right, I missed that. So he remembers. He's like, oh, shit. Okay. And then goes back. I totally missed that. Josh, I hear you sighing there. What, yeah, what you- it, it, was a f- it was fun. Uh, it feels very retro it feels like you know like a 60s 70s spider-man issue um it (laughs) it kind of feels like if you uh fed a robot a bunch of spider-man scripts and then asked asked the robot to make a a story about spider-man this is what it would spit out like it's very Doc Ock steals the plutonium to power himself up and he hides in the sewer and it's just like it's fun. I, I I enjoy reading it. I think it was just maybe a little bit dry at times. Right. Um, nothing really like spectacular happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, have to, I have to go. Yeah. I, have to go. I, I, gotta, I can't be. I'm just, bye. 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 I'm out. See ya. Uh, um, yeah. I'm even, I can read Spider-Man comics, but I draw the line at puns. <laughs> I'm sorry, I should, Okay. Um, no but yeah it was fine like I, I don't know there wasn't really much that stood out to be like really great but there right. wasn't a lot that was like I can't read this anymore it just felt pretty standard Spider-Man um, maybe the only things that did stick out was like you had mentioned Mike when uh, Doc Ock the arms kind of come to life and he's like dangling there and the arms are continuing to fight that's right. kind of an interesting, fun thing that doesn't happen too much in the comics. Like, I know that's right. something that was uh, leaned on heavily in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2 movie, where it, it, it feels like uh, his arms are a different character almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that part. But all in all, it was pretty standard, like, goofy, a uh, little bit corny Spider-Man story. I have to agree. Um, I mean, compared to the issue of web we read, this one is legitimately a fill-in. Mm. It is fun, 
but it's so borderline. Like, again, I can read any Spider-Man comic, so I enjoyed it, but if I were to recommend this to someone, I don't think I would, right? It's just... Yeah, maybe for, like, a younger viewer that's yeah. interested in Spider-Man or, you know, it's nothing super special. Right, right. Uh, Becca, anything it else? Oh, go ahead. such a dated... It's such a dated filler issue, too. Because normally yeah. if it's filler issue, it's like, oh, Spider-Man went on a one-off adventure. But in this one, he's still in college, and he's got his regular suit. So I'm just like, wow, cool. So none of this actually matters at all. Yeah. Like, it, like it's so... like. Normally, I can kind of tell when it's a filler issue, but this one, it's like, the title of it was, hey, we, we couldn't make a new comic this week. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do like Doc Ock in the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always a big fan of Mr. Tentacle Hentai Boy, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. There's a couple panels in here that are questionable. Um, like, whoever was drawing this was... Greg LaRock. Really? Oh. Where? He was in... Um, ugh, there's no page numbers, but I think it's their first fight on the boat when okay. he's got, like, Peter's arms behind his back and he's very damsel okay, in distress, okay. like, splayed. Um, there's, like, all the gases yeah, everywhere. Yeah, that's true. It, it, they are daintily very, wrapped around his yeah, thigh there. It's very femininely... His thigh. <laughs> oh, that's kind of odd. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of yeah. odd. Um, it looks like maybe it was referenced from, so the artist was like, I gotta look up reference for, like, people, like, tied up in, in like, ropes and stuff, and then was like, oh, maybe don't Google that. <laughs> but, <laughs> not that Google existed, but, like, if, if, if it did, he'd Google man tied up in ropes reference, and that's what he would get, mm-hmm. and be like, well, that was what I was looking for, so. <laughs> um, I like the, I love the arms, the, whenever... The arms are their own character. Love that. That's so rad. The fact that they're, like, so self-preserving in that sense where it doesn't matter that Otto's completely unconscious, so they act on their own. Um, and normally on behalf of Otto, like, they don't, like, do things that he wouldn't want, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they have, like, their own consciousness or if it's just, like, Otto's consciousness amplified. Like, I know yeah. there's a difference between, like, how he gets his arms a lot of times. Like, I think it's, like, it was an explosion, and then you have, like, the rainy version where it's, like, he puts him on, and it does, there's a bunch of blue light. I don't know. I, didn't, I haven't watched the movie in a while. Right. But, um... And then I just like how wacky they are. Like, sometimes they're really short. Sometimes they're, like, super long. I love... Yeah, it's just a wacky comic. It wasn't, it wasn't great. Maybe too much dialogue. Like... Mm. But it had, it had its moments. Like, it wasn't, like... It was very, like, one-shot after-school special kind of thing. Like, yeah. Right. Like, oh, we need a bad guy. Doc Ock. He needs to be doing something. Uh, stealing plutonium. Okay. Peter, stop him. Like, okay. That's fine. Um, he's got the same outfit in this issue that he had in the casino in um, the issue of Web Of. Except instead of a white suit, it's a blue suit. So... That's nice. I don't know if anyone else noticed that. No, I didn't. <laughs> didn't no. notice that actually. His, look, when he when he's like at the Daily Bugle, he's just in the same same exact outfit. Oh yeah, the well, popped collar, black hmm. shirt. He is. So you know that's fun. Huh. The art is is decent. Yeah. There was some some good work here, like um, some good like actually 
very detailed background work, like when on the machinery and in Doc Ock's like lair is very well done. It's a very small panel and it's still like detailed. It's not muddy. Um, anytime Peter's spider sense goes off, I love the little black spermies. That's like <laughs> uh, my favorite retro thing. <laughs> I love that. What'd you call them? Don't worry about it. Uh, what would you call them? Uh, just squiggly lines. Okay. Yeah. Tadpoles. <laughs> oh yeah, tadpoles. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and and Spider-Man's head is definitely not an egg. No worry about it. Um. Yeah, and even the fight scenes, like that. Yeah, of course there's a fight scene, but it's like actually well drawn and it's dynamic, and you could follow it pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um. I think there was one page where I had an issue with it, and I think it was honestly... Where was it? It was the page with the arrows? Was that this issue? Uh, let's uh, arrows. Maybe that was a different I'm issue. Flipping through here. There, there are, like, small moments where it feels like um, the inks aren't the best, and they're not transferred over properly. Um, particularly, like, one that I noticed while reading was... That same panel that Becca was talking about where Peter is, like, being the wrapped up. Yeah. Uh, Doc just Ock is just, it? like, missing a hand. It's just not oh, there. Whoops. It's just not there. And he's, like, raising his fists up to the sky. Like, it. it's, like, kind of important. important. It's not, like, in the background. <laughs> his hand is just, like, not there. It's just not drawn. Um, like, he looks like he just has, like, a stump there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... Uh, it's like small things like that where I feel like um, maybe this issue wasn't completely finished um, at the time, like yeah, around the possible. time, right? Like it could have been like halfway done and they scrapped it. And then five years later, uh oh, uh, shit, we need uh, we need an issue. Pull something out yeah. from the from the drawer and they just pulled this thing out. And is it done? Yeah, pretty much. Just like, let's just finish it up and get it out of here. Mm-hmm. So... Well, and, and the, the, just to point out, the fact that the inker on this issue is the same as the inker in one of the other issues means it was probably written and drawn, but not inked. Right. That's probably gotcha. what happened. Yeah. So. Because, like, I really like that panel where, where Spider-Man first is in Doc Ock's lair, and it's, like, dark, and Doc mm. Ock walks in to, and it's it's dark, and all the light's coming from, it's he's backlit, and Spider-Man's all dark, and he turns the lights on. Like, I really yeah. like that panel where he's coming down from the ceiling, classic Spider-Man. And then if you look at, like, the couple panels after that, he's just, like, looks like, like, the Japanese Spider-Man suit mm. from this from the show. Like, yeah. it's just like, oof. We just, we took a quality dive there. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, mm. can't win them all. So, basically, kind of a formulaic fill-in, like Josh said, possibly written by robots. <laughs> but... It's still kind of fun, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty fun. It isn't like a grown man walking around this sewer. Exactly. Two grown men. Ooh, double the fun. Hello. Uh, Yeah, I thought it was pretty, like, like average. Like, it's, it's like the exact middle of a good and bad uh comic book i think like it's it's the it's like the bare minimum of what a comic book should be um both art and story wise like it's it's kind of what you picture in your head when you think of comics or what really anybody i think would picture in their head when they think of comics of like a kind of a bad comic right 
not even like because this wasn't bad. No, it's well, just I, I guess like, what would be like a cheap. It's not. Yeah. Particularly, like, it doesn't stand out to be like an amazing form of art. It feels like this poppy, fun newsstand thing that you you know pay a quarter for and hand to your kids, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's exactly kind of. What you think of when you think of like a Spider-Man cartoon TV episode too, like it's right. it just kind of falls along the exact line of like that stereotype of a superhero story. Right. So I, I think for that, it's kind of like a mild recommendation where for me, where it's just like it, it's good. It's it's definitely not a bad story, but um, it's not something I would go out of my way to hand people to show them what like great things comics can be. Right. Uh, Bex Luther, what's your final word? Yeah, it's just like, it's such an interesting juxtaposition between the last issue we read mm. where I think the medium was used very well, and in this one it's just like, let's get a comic book out the door. Right. <laughs> Here is a comic book, Spider-Man is there. Like, it's very just formulaic, basic, nothing, nothing is awful, but nothing is great. Mm-hmm. So... And it's like Josh said, you'd pay a quarter for it, give it to your kids. But I would pay a quarter for it now, not so much in the right. time that in the eighties. Right? right, that'd be like paying five dollars. Right, very different quarter. Yeah. Um, there, are, there's some charm to it. I mean, it's not awful, right? Like, I think I'd say it's a solid six out of ten. I wouldn't give it a five because I did enjoy it and I did mm. like some of the artwork in it. Um. If you're looking for more, like, bondage-style stuff, you could read any other <laughs> earlier Wonder Woman, and that'll give you way better right. rope-tying than this ever could. But, yeah, no, it was fine. Yeah. Doc Ock's pretty thick. Yeah. like who's desi- Whose idea was that? I think he's always been kind of thick, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll Two agree. Seas. This was not... I, I, in fact, I think I sold this issue when I was a kid. Like, I didn't keep it, so it's obviously not a great issue. But it does fit in, especially with... You know, the time period it was meant for, which is like 1979, 1980. So, you know, if you're into that, it's fine. Nothing spectacular. But even a bad Spider-Man comic from this time is worth a good read, I think. I think. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mild recommendation for me as well. So, that's it. That wraps up this week's episode. Three more Spidey comics that you could probably live without, but they all have their moments, right? Well, about. I think for, for me, Amazing stood out this okay. week. Okay, Amazing. I, I'm probably going to like think about when, you know, in, a, in another year's time when we're talking about our favorite okay. comics from the year. This one's probably going to stand out to me as being one of my favorites. For me, the, yeah, the, the, the scenes with the rose, definitely, you're right. They mm. make that issue stand out. You're right. That will make it like a classic in my mind. So overall, Becca, this week, what do you think? Yeah, no, mine was the best one. You guys suck. Like on episode 200, when we're thinking back to like the big plot twists and events mm-hmm. and the things that have happened in mm-hmm. Spider-Man's life, it's like the reveal of who the Rose was is not going to be the flashiest, craziest, like, oh my God, can you believe yeah. it? But I think it'll probably be one of the most well done ones because mm-hmm. it's so soft and subtle and not... Uh. Yeah, so over the top. Yeah, like it's just it it exists in the universe and works well in that universe. Yeah. So, what were we gonna say, Josh? Uh, I, th- I mean, I think this one stands out so much too because of the awful like story that's been happening for the Hobgoblin <laughs> reveal, 
where it's it's like it's not that the story itself is awful it just feels like it doesn't really have a plan at this point like it's so up and down and then they reveal that it's flash and then guess what it's not really flash and it's just like so back and forth Mm -hmm. and it's like this big event this huge thing that's happening like of course when when they finally reveal it's not going to be subtle like this Mm -hmm. it's going to be finally what you've all been waiting for like it's this main event there's going to be a drum roll the spotlight's going to go on on hobgoblin as he rips off his mask it's going to be this like huge thing and and you're gonna go oh who's that guy (laughs) who's that again i don't i don't know who that guy guy? is and you go be like, oh, well, hold on. I got to do the quick Google all... and then you'll do a quick Google and be like, oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Imagine at the time to like not being able to just look up who this dude is. Who is this, <laughs> this guy again? Like, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't able like, to get every single issue. Who was this guy again? Whereas like the reveal of the rose being Wilson Fisk's son is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. True. Well, yeah. we'll, f- but, we'll go ahead, Becca. I was just going to say, I very much appreciate the reveal. Wilson Fisk's son is the Rose, much more than I think most unmasking. Right, mm-hmm. I agree, so. I agree. It's a good issue. Yeah, it's a good reveal. It's like they kind of, may- I'm not sure if they did, but maybe they knew who the Rose was when they created him. Maybe. Oh, absolutely. Or, 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 Probably. Like, very soon after, when they were like, oh, let's create this guy. Yeah. And they're like, what if he was Wilson Fisk's son? Or maybe, they're like, maybe we should part of the Wilson Fisk son like it's it seems like they knew what they were doing mm-hmm. and in the Hobgoblin it's like oh is it this guy is it this guy right. well you don't know so how am I supposed right. to know mm-hmm. so for next week's episode we're gonna take kind of a left turn a, a left turn and we're gonna go to doing some more do you guys remember how we did like giveaways and supplemental comics before we're, oh yeah oh, with the sick we're gonna do some more again so Next week, Ooh. it's an all Spider-Man and Hulk episode, okay? So we're gonna first we're gonna be doing oh, Spider-Man no. and the Hulk supplement to Chicago Tribune. What price a life, okay? And then we're gonna do Spider-Man and the Incredible Hulk in a back to school edition from <laughs> Sanger Harris, okay? In a in a story called Pipeline to Peril. Then we're gonna do another one called Spider-Man oh, and the Incredible oh my Hulk. God. In Battle Doctor Doom in the Colorado Caper. It's gonna be so bad. Oh that that sounds great. I can't wait. It's gonna be the Hulk Spider-Man fighting Doctor Doom in Colorado. I live in Colorado. Whoa! (laughs) So be sure to join us next week. Thank you, uh Bex Luther, for uh joining us this episode, as always. Yeah, thank you. All the way from Colorado. Right. And uh (laughs) Josh, you can take it from here. Yeah, we also want to thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. It really helps when you leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts, or you can drop us a line on Twitter at, at HCTSpiderCast. Uh, please let us know what you guys think about the comics we're, we're reading and talking about and the podcast itself. We uh, definitely want to keep that comics conversation going. That's right. So until next Monday, see you later.